You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Couldn't be more excited about this huge college football weekend. Uh, Alabama's game's big enough, but uh, gosh, what a great, great weekend of games coming up. Yeah, and I just got two tickets. I think I'm going to take my five-year-old with me, uh, which is probably a horrible idea to take a five-year-old to a 2.30 big game. Um, but I'm going to do it. And today we're actually going to talk a lot about recruiting. We're also going to talk about Alabama and NFL. Uh, and we'll talk about my poor decisions as a father, I suppose, as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, let's do go ahead. I, one thing I wanted to talk about that I was going to talk about nothing but Alabama and NFL today, which we kind of typically do on a Wednesday after the Monday night game is over. Um, but because BOL put out something kind of interesting, I'm going to pull that up really quickly uh, about the potential visitors for this weekend. I, man, I just can't not talk about recruiting because that is, that's the thing. I mean, first of all, Elijah Pritchett should be committing to Alabama today. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. Who's the top uh, 100 offensive lineman, really big dude was probably trending to Florida state at one point, I would say. Um, but it's it's kind of hard to commit to Florida State to do anything right now unless you're into cleanup. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, Elijah Pritchett will commit to Alabama, it looks like. I, I hope that I don't have to eat my words on the next podcast. But, uh, Jimmy, what do you think about him? I'm a big fan of, uh, of Pritchett as, as a player. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of, of the kid already committed to us and Tyler Booker. Uh, I wrote a long uh, – uh, kind of player tape breakdown of Pritchett's junior huddle tape on the on three site. Uh, wow. Uh, he played well, one thing I like ab- about Pritchard or what stands out to me the most is obviously you look in a tackle prospect for the requisite size, the requisite length. I mean, you know, you would love if a tackle six, six, he, he's that you would love if he's 300 pounds, but, but carries it well and isn't sloppy. Uh, he's he's definitely that. Uh, you would love it if he was a good athlete on top of everything and had good quickness. He's got that. But what to me, what makes him a special project, a special prospect, Luke, is that not only so he checks all those physical boxes. He this kid plays mean, and you don't see that uh, in every single offensive line prospect. A lot of them are technicians. A lot of them just do their job well get their position blocked well, and the play is over. This kid is out there real physical. I mean, he likes the physical part of it. He, he is a pancake maker. He, will, he blocks the hell out of his guy, I guess what I'm saying. I mean, he's just super physical, and you really don't see that all the time, even in elite prospects on the offensive line. So I think Elijah Pritchett checks a ton of boxes, and to me – He's a kid that, that may be better than, than even uh, where he's rated. I mean, uh, he, he's good. Yeah, I like him a lot, too. And, and I think that would be the common thread between he and Tyler Booker. Both of them are really 
nasty offensive linemen, like mean, get after it kind of dudes. And you couple them with another guy like Antonio Kite, who is really kind of a headhunter. Um, I like having those dudes. Now, Jeremiah Alexander is the star of, the, of our show for this recruiting class, and he's he's incredible. He's he's uh, he's got NFL written all over him, right? But I would say he's also more hmm, presentable. I, I don't want to say pretty. I want to say presentable. Like he's a dude that you're like, oh, that's yeah, that guy's definitely going to be in the NFL. And not only that, he's got a good demeanor. But when he's on the field, it's all business. I feel like Kite in particular, who plays, you know, is probably going to play safety at Alabama. Uh, and then the two offensive linemen, they are just like nastier. They're not worried about what you think about them off the field, on the field, anything. They sort of blaze their own path. But uh, and the, the, those positions, I think it's important to be a dude that uh, that's willing to get into a fight. Not saying Ellen, Jeremy Alexander won't, and not saying that Kite and other two do look for one. But I'm saying they ain't scared of one. Is the way that I feel like they play. And in those positions, I think it's that's important. Let me just run down a few of these other things really quickly for this first segment. Um, so official visitors, we've got a lot of our commitments who we won't go over because we'll get in a quagmire of talking about guys that are already committed, but these are official visitors. Devon Campbell, who's a five-star interior offensive lineman from Texas. Javante Barnes, a four-star running back from Vegas. Um, I like his tape a lot, by the way. And then Alabama targets. Three 2023 guys in Arch Manning, very cool. Jonte Cook, a four-star wide receiver out of Texas. And Dale Miller, a 20, uh, 2023 four-star out of Hoover. The other one that really stood out to me, Kadarius Callaway. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it should. He was on our commitment list before. He's gone to JUCO. He's at Scuba, Mississippi. I just find it interesting we're recruiting him again. Yeah, now uh... – you know, just because they're they're visiting, just because they're coming to a game, just because they're spending the weekend, that doesn't necessarily mean that that they're a take or that that we take them right back. Um, we talked about this the day Callaway left. Is is that hey, if history is any guide, he won't be back because most of the kids that leave your program and and run off to junior college, most of them don't come back. But we use the word most because you know it's not all. So it could be. Callaway certainly was a really good prospect out of high school. If we take him back, that's a very good sign because even though he didn't go participate through fall camp, Alabama sort of knows what they got in him. I mean, they've been familiar with him. He was around campus all summer long. So Alabama really knows the kid well. And if they want him back, it's a, it's a heck of a sign that they're really, you know, happy with, with what, what they're getting out of him because, They've had a closer look with him than you get out of these high school kids that you barely know. But, yeah, even though we have official visitors coming in this weekend, uh, and in particular I'd put Barnes on some level of commitment watch. I think, I think Barnes is a kid that could commit to Alabama if we allow him to pull the trigger. That could happen. But uh, the attention will be on Arch Manning. I, I sort of see uh, a scenario where CBS Sports is uh, that's broadcasting the game. They're they're going to find Arch and his family in the stands, and, and Arch will see as much TV time as Nick Saban. Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to talk about Alabama and the NFL Roundup. So, but for now, I want to talk about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. I've talked about this site numerous times. It's a lot of fun. I've played on it myself. Um, it's, it's just fun. It's easy. It's easy to 
uh, get your money out or put your money in or whatever you need to do at betonline.ag. And if you use that promo code locked on, you'll get a hundred percent welcome bonus. That's always a nice big deal too. go to betonline.ag. You can bet on college football. You can bet on pro football. You can bet on futures. You can bet on basketball, baseball, whatever you want. You can bet on reality TV. You can also play poker. You can play roulette or blackjack, any of those kind of fun things. They've got live in-game betting, anything you want at betonline.ag. Be sure to put in the promo code locked on. You'll get that 100% welcome bonus. That's a big deal. That's free money from us to you. Jimmy and I care about you, the listener. Go to betonline.ag. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built.com. I just had the chocolate cookie crunch. I'm going, you're going to hear me open my drawer. This is me doing a live read and, open, and doing things multitasking. And I'm looking at this built bar that I got as a sample they sent me. I'm, I'm just going to read off 150 calories for this for this built bar. Okay, 100% taste, which I know that's probably subjective, but I, I agree with them. 15 grams of protein. The name of this bar is Cookie Dough Chunk Zero Guilt. Real cookie dough, chocolate, and it's only got 150 calories. And it, it's good for a keto diet. It's good for a keto diet, which we have described before. If you have just now started listening, a keto diet is what Jimmy was calling a keto diet for a long time. But a keto diet is where you are trying to go on a diet while sleeping on the couch of your murderous friend. <laughs> so <laughs> I like to always describe what a keto diet is for people who don't know. And if you don't know what keto is, then I suggest you use Google and something like 1994, somewhere in that neighborhood. Anywho. Uh, built.com built.com is where you want to go use promo code locked on you'll get that discount built.com these things are delicious and nutritious you will love them built.com to get those delicious chocolate covered built bars jimmy all right let's talk about a little bit about alabama and the nfl <clears throat> let's start with last night uh as we're cutting this on a tuesday um it, monday night football uh i thought it was pretty incredible that uh, Alabama had so much representation. It wasn't just on the field. Nick Saban came on and spoke to the Mannings. That's the broadcast I'm watching now. No offense to the other guys on Monday Night Football, but this thing where Eli and Peyton just sort of do a running, their own running uh, description of Monday Night Football is kind of fun to watch. And especially when you know Nick Saban's going to be on there. They had LeBron James on there last night. They had Matthew Stafford on there last night. And it's just cool to get um, their perspectives. LeBron even made the comment that at one point, uh, I think it was Seattle and maybe Dallas had reached out to him about potentially playing on their teams when there was an NBA lockout in, in 2011, I think he said. Uh, but last night, the Alabama connection did pretty well. Jalen Hurts, it doesn't seem like he did this well. I can't believe he did now because I went to bed when it got out of reach. Hertz was 25 of 39 for 326 yards and two touchdowns. My God. Of course, he had a pick six, and he threw that pick six to Trayvon Diggs, who went to Alabama, while he was trying to hit Devontae Smith, who apparently just tripped coming out of his break, and that sort of set the whole thing up. Um, Philadelphia receiving Devontae Smith, only three catches for 28 yards. I you know, would love to see him have more than that. I was at that Atlanta game, as we've talked about before, his first game where he had a touchdown. So I want to see him get more – into the action. Uh, Landon Dickerson blocked, but I would say he didn't block super well because uh, I know he got uh, Jalen Hurts destroyed on one play. But overall, uh, I was 
really happy to see so much Alabama representation. Trayvon Diggs ended up with uh, two tackles, three pass deflections, and, and of course, that pick six. So, yeah, I mean, pretty big night for Alabama, I'd say. It was an Alabama palooza, all right, with the on the field stuff, the off the field stuff, Jalen. You know, obviously, Philadelphia is a bad team, and they're going to have a bad record, and they're going to pick high, and and I think you can have multiple first-round picks. I hope that Jalen isn't scapegoated. I mean, based on last night, uh, yeah, he, he he wasn't perfect. He he wasn't great throughout. The two interceptions really helped help wreck the game for the Eagles. But but on the pick six, Devontae fell down. That's not Devontae's fault. It's not Jalen's fault. That's just shit happens stuff, right? I mean, that that's. That wasn't, I mean, had Devontae not fallen down, at worst, probably it's incomplete, if anything, because Diggs had, had the, the, the route covered well. But it, it's probably not an interception if Devontae doesn't fall down. So one of the interceptions was unfair. The other interception was truly bad. I mean, that, that was a, a bad underthrow by Jalen on, on the other interception, but it was also inside the 10-yard line. So it's not like he gave the Cowboys good field position there. I mean, you know, they had... 90 yards, you know, to, to drop, to, to convert that into points. So when you look at Jalen's numbers, he, he's also setting all sorts of NFL records for amount of passing yards plus rushing yards, even doing things that Michael Vick didn't do, in, you know, in his career. So I hope that uh, when the Eagles start cleaning up the mess in Philadelphia, that they don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, because it seems to me that Jalen – Jalen's performances seem to be positive, but they just need to give him more help around him, and uh, and their defense is just simply not good. Yeah, and uh, I think that they had some undue optimism after the win over the Falcons now that we know the Falcons are god-awful. So that's another thing. Uh, so that was the Monday night game. Jimmy, we got one more segment. We're going to talk about the highlights of Alabama players in the NFL when we come back. All right, one thing that stood out to me uh, this past Sunday, Jimmy, Najee Harris, okay, uh, <laughs> this is weird. I don't think anybody would have predicted this. Najee Harris got a 100-yard receiving game before his first 100-yard rushing game. He ran for 40 <laughs> yards and 14 carries, but he also – he had 14 carries and 14 receptions. That's amazing. Um, 14 receptions. That's crazy. I think he was the number one fantasy running back. And obviously, it comes from all those receptions. Maybe. I think that's true over the weekend. Maybe I guess it depends on how you it depends on how you score them. But um, in, in points per, per in points per reception leagues, he became only the twelfth NFL running back in history with fourteen catches in one contest. The and the list wow. has uh, two other dudes with state of Alabama connections: William Andrews who uh, played for Auburn back in the day in the Falcons, he had 15 receptions. And then um, former Viger High School standout Ricky Young had 15 receptions for the Vikings in 79. That's pretty cool. He's also the third rookie running back with 14 receptions in a game, uh, joining Washington's Roy Hallou and the giant Saquon Barkley. Now, I'm, I mean, if you had given me multiple choice, Roy Hallou, I would not have picked. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was pretty – pretty uh, significant in its own right, and, and uh, certainly a highlight. Um, 
boy, I tell you, the Washington football team loaded with Alabama players on the defensive side, and I thought they'd be a lot better. And I think guys like Jonathan Allen, uh, Deron Payne, and even Landon Collins are playing pretty well, but the defense as a whole just isn't playing well for them. And I hate to see that because there are so many Alabama guys on that team. Yeah, that's another team that's just not very good. And uh, they went into the year committed to Ron Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, then he quickly gets hurt. Now it's Taylor Heineke, and it's like – well, you get the impression Washington's drafting a quarterback uh, in April, wouldn't you think? Yeah, God knows. That. I mean, they have to. And they've had such bad luck with with their quarterbacks, though. Um, Mac Jones, of course, didn't have his best game. He was 30 of 51 for 270 in the touchdown, but he also had three picks. Um, so it wasn't exactly his best day. But you, you're going to have bad days, man. I mean, especially good right defense. now. He's going um, up against a real good defense. Saints can, yeah, the Saints, Saints can D up. Saints can they can play for sure. Um, then, of course, Derrick Henry keeps doing his thing. He's leading the NFL in rushing uh, by a again. pretty wide margin. I mean, again. I just looked it up this morning. And I'm, yeah, again, um, let me put – he's got 353 yards. The next closest is Joe Mixon with 286. I mean, that's a that's a wide margin, doing especially a, uh... when you consider – I'm doing a blog right now. right now. I'm working on a blog right now for on three, uh, on the Bama on three site, and uh, just going over SEC stats. Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky is on pace to rush for 1,526 yards in just 12 yeah. regular season games. That's yeah. he needs to be on some Heisman lists. Now I know Kentucky's probably going to lose some games, and he's not able to keep up that pace, but uh. Chris Rodriguez is definitely performing at a, at a Heisman level for, for the Wildcats. So I'd throw that in there as we discuss the NFL's leading rusher, Derrick Henry, throwing in the SEC's leading rusher there. All right, how about this? Henry recorded his fourth consecutive 100-yard rushing game against Indianapolis and became the first player since Minnesota's Adrian Peterson against the NFC North in the uh, 2011-2012 seasons to have six straight 100-yard rushing games against division opponents. And the NFL can get some random stats. Of Henry's That's 22 100-yard rushing performances in regular season games, five have come against the Colts. He likes playing the Colts. Um, Julio Jones played too, and I'll tell you, they're, they're using Julio very oddly. Like around the goal line, because I watched most of that game. Around the goal line, they didn't have him in there a lot. I thought that was so strange. Um so let's see, uh, Patrick Satan, no, uh, no uh, interception this week. Quinnen Williams did end up with a sack. C.J. Mosley's been playing pretty well. Um, ha Ha Clinton Dix actually played for the Raiders against the Dolphins. Now he didn't have recording stats, but it was good to see him back on the field. Um, I thought that was very good. Kenyon Drake uh, only had 24 yards on eight carries, but he caught three passes for 33 yards. Good, and you know, with Josh Jacobs out right now. Uh, Henry Ruggs caught four passes for 78 yards. And, you know, I think he's starting to come into his own a little bit. Here's another dude that that is going to shock you where he is stats-wise. Um, Jalen Waddle, without Tua Tungvaluwa, is having a, a pretty dang good year. I mean, so far, just three games in, I know. But he's – he's. Uh, I looked on uh, wide receiver-like points for our fantasy stuff. And I couldn't believe how far up the list Jalen Waddle yeah. was. I just I want to pull up the actual stats here. A ton of receptions, um, right? I mean, he caught a lot of balls. Yeah. Not necessarily for 
not necessarily for gigantic yardage, but uh, he gets a lot of targets. All right, he only has 167 yards, right? Um, he's got a team. Like 167 passes. Yeah, exactly. That's right. He's got 22 receptions in in three games. I mean, yeah, they're just that's obviously not doing a good job of. It is. They're obviously not scheming him into space. Now I know it's the NFL, and good luck with that. But gosh, uh, it's unlike Waddle to to have no yak. You know, he's a yak he's dude. Tied, and he, he's got he's no yak. He's tied for fifth in the league with receptions. I mean, the Devontae Adams has twenty five, and they they throw it to him every time. Um, but that's crazy. I mean, he's got more receptions mm-hmm. than Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah, I mean, seven a game. Harris, you would yeah. think with seven a game, he would have something like a hundred yards a game, yeah. and he, he, and he, he's he's more like fifty yards a game. But I know, it's, wow, it's crazy. Yep. Um. All right, buddy. Well, look on the next show, we will start uh, breaking down some of this old Miss stuff. It's it's here, man. It'll be the Thursday show next they're time we talk. Offense. So that's my uh, about them breaking it down. They're they're good on offense. Hey, hey, you just saved us a podcast, buddy. <laughs> good up, work by you. Summed up, huh? summed up the next 30 minute show in one sentence. They're good on offense. You may see if the Mannings can get you on just to, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jalen Jay, uh, Hurts had the, the tweet of the day where he essentially said, I, somebody sent it to us, and I think I've got to read this out loud. I mean, it's, it's pretty great. It's a little surprising. Um, it's a, a from surprising Jaylen, quote. Jalen said, uh, Jalen Hurts takes the law, the blame and loss of the Cowboys. Quote, you can take a deuce. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> Beautifully said. I think you got that from Wadsworth. Uh, Walt Whitman. Uh, I was going to say uh, Walt Whitman. But, uh, I get those two mixed up. I get those two mixed up all the time. Obviously, Jalen does too. <laughs> All right, buddy, that's going to do it. Until uh, next time, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.